Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. Now they have arrived, and all the fun they hoped for lies ahead. Dances are intended for enjoyment, and the rules of etiquette which apply to dances are, again, customs which have grown out of one person's anticipating the wishes and feelings of others. A gentleman doesn't dash off just because he sees a friend and wants to say hello. We had a live band for the prom, recommended by my mother. I was worried about that, but when Kellen came up to me upon entering the ballroom and gave me a pat on the back and a big thumbs up for the band, well, I felt total relief. Kids dance, the food was what you would expect. Just enough to stop you from questioning how much you paid for this. Teachers and chaperones dance, kids paired up, dance partners left each other to mix it up with someone else, and everyone talked about what was to come afterwards. Ricka got nailed for speeding on his way to the prom. He was hauling ass in some Ford van, got stopped about five miles out, and tried to talk his way out of a ticket. If only he had Jess's stepdad's connections. We're chaperoning a prom. Then be a good example to kids and don't speed. Hines announced the prom king and queen. Someone asked if I hoped I would make prom king. I replied, kings are figureheads. Presidents have the real power. The night went on, and I have to tell you, for the years building up to it, in the end, it was just a big, overglorified dance. At one point, dancing slow with Kelly, my hands around her waist, thinking about the next time, hopefully that evening, we would have sex and I could redeem my image, I looked over to see Yosh and Allison kissing and swaying in the dim, slow dance light. It was all over a few hours later. The place was quiet, the band broke down their stuff and packed up. Halladin left without saying much to any of us and we were going to head out to the chalet. That's it. After all of this, the parties, the danger, the risks, the obsession to prove Ricka wrong, this was the result. Kelly walked up to me ready to go. Ready, Captain? It's all over. All that work and just like that. Just like that. Jess stepped through the doorway with some girl, not the one he had brought. Hey, you going to the chalet? They won't let him in if you don't go. I can't believe he had a date. Reality was on the horizon, as my mom said, like standing on a beach and knowing a storm is coming. You might not be able to see it, but you know it's out there, coming, slowly it's gonna hit you. The after party at the chalet was now just an after party. The purpose was gone. I was in. No shoebox to watch. It was just a gathering and it was going to be one of the last. More than just the prom was over. The whole thing was coming to an end. 
Midnight went to 4 a.m. in no time. I was one of the last standing. Kelly slept near me on a couch while the floor was covered in passed out kids. I am sure Craig was somewhere in the house, passed out half naked and sharpie vandalized. However, I couldn't sleep. My mind was racing, and Kelly and I decided not to chance driving, knowing cops would be all over. So while she slept, I clicked the remote for something to watch on this giant projection TV. Then, sitting atop the TV on a VCR was Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. It was time to fulfill my promise to Mr. Hines. I popped in the tape about two hours before sunrise, and I got sucked into the film. By the time the ending came, I was in tears. I have been and always shall be your friend, became etched into my life, and I saw Yosh in Spock to my Captain Kirk. And it was everything I felt about losing Tony. That awful, gaping, ragged hole in my heart since the accident got opened up again that night. One week later was Heinz's big event, the ceremony that top graduation, moving up day. And I was one of the key speakers. My mom would be in the audience in the gym. It was my moment to say everything I wanted to my entire class. I would get the chance again at graduation, but this was the real deal. To prepare, we spent our early dismissal before having to return to school for the ceremony in Jess's Trans Am downing wine coolers. I can't get too buzzed, I have a speech to get. What time do we have to get back to the school? It was a perfect spring afternoon. The sky was clear, the air warm and perfect. It was like Heinz had a direct connection to God. We made it back to the high school and met in the lobby outside the gym. We would walk in, take our seats, as the junior class would come up behind us, facing us, ready to take our places as the new seniors. Hines, Ricca, and Halladin stood at a podium on a raised dais behind us at the front of the gym. The class officers followed tradition by presenting class gifts to them. These are gifts from the entire class to all of you for your help over the past two years. Ricca's gift was a radar detector and a nod to his recent ticket heading to the prom. For next year's prom. He smiled and he accepted it with some dignity. I wasn't shit-faced, but I was buzzed as hell. I was having too good of a time for such a serious and even somber ceremony. It came my turn to speak. Reagan was out there in the band, but Kelly was at her own high school. My mom was out there in the audience, somewhere. I walked to the microphone and looked straight ahead. But my old self is going to take it from here. Let me say now what I should have said back then in May of 1985. Some have compared me to Ronald Reagan, others to Captain Kirk. I think I'm more like Bill Murray from Ghostbusters and Stripes. In both movies, Murray's characters were guys who break rules, make us laugh, and get the girl in the end. And as I got older, I realized something. Bill Murray is a dick. In Stripes, his John Winger was a lousy boyfriend. 
a liar who got a superior in trouble while almost starting World War III just to party and get laid. In Ghostbusters, his Peter Venkman forced his friend to risk financial ruin, was a liar, a creepy teacher, an extortionist, and he sexually harassed Sigourney Weaver. The EPA guy was actually right, and Bill Murray was really the bad guy. In Stripes, Sergeant Holka was right. Murray was a gutless punk. I'm not Ronald Reagan. I'm not James T. Kirk. I'm John Winger. I'm Dr. Peter Venkman. They were dicks, and I'm a dick. And I'm sorry for everything. But I didn't say any of that. Instead, I opened with a Reagan impression and some slurred words. My old self was right. I didn't say any of that, but I should have. The Westwood High School Choir struck up a closing song that I can't remember, but I know it hit the right tone and struck the right emotion. I started to cry. The first tears came down my cheeks, and whether it was the alcohol or being bitch-slapped by reality, I openly wept. We passed on our robes to the juniors, and I cried through all of it, and turned to find a number of my classmates were crying right along with me. The scared freshman that I was who dreaded gym class, feared the top of the food chain great white sharks, was crying right along with them because I was going to miss them so much it hurt. This class that once applauded the prospect of graduation now wept along with me as the new senior officers led us from the gym. There were those who wouldn't shed a tear, who couldn't wait for graduation night and to get that diploma and never hear of Westwood High School again. I used to be one of them. And for better or for worse, I was leaving that school a changed person. I was not the frightened mountain house rabbit that came from that middle school. My mom emerged from the crowd, one of the few times I saw her without a cigarette in her hand. I walked to her, almost forgetting I had a bunch of wine coolers less than two hours earlier. I breathed into a cupped hand to give myself a breath check. I went to hug her. It's over. I broke out into fresh tears. Fuck it. One week later, we were assembled on the stadium track waiting to walk onto the field and take our seats in 250 folding chairs. While the stadium seating filled in with parents and family, Mr. Hines walked up to me. As he stood in front of that setting sun, he asked, Captain, walk with me. We walked the track as the band took its place on the other side of the field and the administration and speakers assembled on this raised stage and did a final sound check. I remember you telling us the first day of our freshman year that time would fly. Now, here we are. And he replied, I know things got tough there for a bit. I understand what you did. Sherry came up to me at Tony's viewing, Mr. Hines. You know what she asked me? She asked if I was okay. As sick as she was, she had to know it wouldn't be long until... She wanted to know if I was okay. I'll never forget that. When Mr. Monzo showed me that notebook, it... Hines held up a hand. 
He didn't want to hear anymore. He stopped walking, stood, and looked at me and said, Sometimes the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. The entire class lined up two by two in a stretch of maroon guys and white gown girls. Stacy and I led the class into the stadium and onto the field. As we moved slowly up to the gate, I heard Mr. Parna shouting to me from the crowd like some adoring fan. Mr. Spielberg! Oh, Mr. Spielberg! I stepped out of line and walked quickly over to him. The line kept moving, but I didn't care. Hey, Mr. Parna! I wanted to say congratulations and don't forget your old English teacher one day when you're a rich and famous filmmaker! I gave the guy a sincere hug, and as I did, I whispered into his ear, I'm the Phantom. I left Parna, and as I did, I heard him yell, I knew it! Graduation was way different than moving up day. We all now wanted to get this moving. The ceremonies, the sentiment, it all started to seem like a very long goodbye. I was asked to speak, and I walked to the podium to address my classmates for the very last time. Never again would we all be assembled together as a single unified class. I'll let my younger self explain. I did give this speech. It wasn't the best, but I was sober, and it was sincere. There are a lot of things that can be said at graduation. Almost too many. I'm about to lose my identity that I've made for myself these last three years, and that might be a good thing in some ways. Four years ago, I was this kid who dreaded gym class and a number of people who I now call friends. I was elected to a job that consumed all my time and one I almost lost or more accurately gave up. This class did what was said couldn't be done. We were close to the brink, but we pulled back and in record time. We were not the losers some labeled us to be. Tonight is the last night that we will be together as a single class. Some will go off to college, work, military, and some of you will start families. And some of us will die. So look around, my friends, because we all will not pass this way again. And I want to thank the class for keeping me as their president and wish you all. It wasn't the best speech I ever wrote, but it wasn't the worst. I walked down the steps, back to my folding chair next to Yosh. He was applauding, eyes a little wet. He smiled and shook my hand. Good job, Captain. Thanks, Spock. It was time to boldly go. Thank you.